This is MJ. I'm an author. I'm an artist. I'm an analyzer. Welcome to my fully operational analysis of Star Wars The Mandalorian Chapter 12, which is Season 2, Episode 4, The Siege. This episode was written by Jon Favreau and directed by Carl Weathers, who, if you don't know, is the guy who plays Grief Karga. He's also a big, famous you know, superstar from the 80s, and it's uh, about all I know about him. I think I've seen him in a thing or two, but, you know. Not <laughs> like Predator, maybe, because <laughs> there were a bunch of uh, heavy hitters in that one back in the day. Um, but I have to wonder, is the Mandalorian trying to make midichlorians great again? And uh, how much are they linking to uh, the sequel trilogy and building up to, you know, the creation of Snoke or the, uh, you know, Moff Gideon being involved with the creation of host bodies or whatever for the Emperor? Because uh, that's sure what it looks like. It could be something else, of course. It's vague. It's left vague. And, uh, gosh, I don't know. I'm wondering about that. And then also, uh, at the very end, I think those were all Death Troopers, but they almost look like Vader's, which I know the Death Troopers, like, they have Vader's belt. Like, his, if you look at his, like, belt buckle type thing, uh, they have that um, for, for whatever reason. But uh, I couldn't quite tell if those were just genetically engineered bunch of, uh, you know, Death Troopers or if they were, like, mini Vader's of some sort and... I don't know if they got enough force juice out of the child's blood to, you know, make people force-sensitive or something. And uh, Moff Gideon's planning on sending those guys against uh, Din. But I think it's probably more likely that they're just, you know, standard death troopers. And I, I guess I knew that they were genetically modified, but uh, I think that was just um, in, like, lore books and things like that. It was, it's never been shown. And this, this is, that's sure what it looks like at the end scene there on his, uh, whatever that was. Was that a regular, I don't think it was a regular Star Destroyer. I think it was something special. Anyway, uh, I need to take a break real quick, think about this a little more before I uh, talk about the episode as a whole, but those are just my quick overall thoughts. I really like the episode, except I had a couple problems um, with maybe pacing, and uh, yeah, I'll get to that in a minute. So my biggest issue was actually with something that I just didn't catch. I don't know how it was that I didn't catch it, but whatever. Uh, I didn't realize Mando told the others, or didn't told the others, that he was going to go get the child, and uh, Kara actually suggested that he uh, use his uh, jetpack to, or did she say rocket pack? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, he used his rising phoenix to go get it on her suggestion, and um, he went to go rescue the child, but that also put him in the razor crest so that they could take care of the ties, or he could take care of the ties when they ended up coming out, and... Uh, so that issue is set aside. So it got me thinking about other things. And I don't just want to do a praise fest of the show. I, I want to point out little bad things. But, you know, understand, it was really good. I'm really enjoying it. Um, but I'm going to try to point out a couple of negative things, and then I want to do some conjecture for a few minutes, and then i got to go. So uh, I find it curious that the mithril was uh, taken in by grief and used. Of course, the excuse is that he... Uh, was working for him before, and then, you know, he became a criminal, and so Grief put the uh, bounty out on him, but now he's using him. Uh, I kind of feel like it's just an excuse to reuse the costume, reuse the character, and it kind of took away, uh, you know, people talk a lot about different things making Star Wars, the Star Wars universe feel a little smaller, and that, in a weird way, kind of makes it feel smaller to me, so I didn't like that. Um, as far as the pacing is concerned. <clears throat> I actually think it was fine. Uh, I really was thrown and I, I didn't rewatch the whole thing, so I can't really say, uh, you know, how I feel about it now. But originally when I watched it and I noticed that Din had taken off and I just didn't understand where he was going or what he was doing, 
Uh, except I thought, well, I guess he's going after the child, right? I mean, if they're all fighting their way out, he must be going for the child. Um, I didn't, I don't know. I, I, I disliked not having him in those action scenes uh, while they're trying to escape from the Imperial base. And, uh, I mean, I don't need, you know, Mando action all the time or anything like that, but, you know, it is cool. Uh, and I am here because it's the Mandalorian, not because it's the Marshal and the businessman, governor, mayor. I, I don't know what to call grief now. I don't, I don't really know what position he's, he's filling. But anyway, um, you know, that's, you know, not what I'm here for. So that was kind of, uh, kind of odd, but ultimately I think, um, you know, it was fine. It is fine. I don't dislike it because, uh, they were a little bit more involved in the action, uh, while Din was gone, but it just, uh, felt odd to me. Um, I probably, that's probably it for my nitpicks, honestly. Uh, you know, and they were small. So, uh, overall, I really liked the episode. I thought it was great. Uh, some of the stuff I like about it, as I've been thinking about it more throughout the day while I've been waiting to record this, is, uh, I do like how the sequels, the prequels, the original trilogy, Clone Wars are all being brought together. You know, Dr. Pershing has a symbol on him from Kamino, from the Kamino Cloners. Uh, and we only, I, maybe we saw that in Attack of the Clones, but I think it was definitely featured in, uh, Clone Wars, you know, cause we get to spend so much time on Kamino and, and get more exposed to them. So like, that's pretty interesting. And it's interesting to think, uh, the Kaminoans were pretty mercenary. So it's kind of no wonder they fell in with the, uh, you know, fascist dictatorship that is the empire. Um, but you know, they, uh, you know, they went along, they rolled into the empire and into their, uh, process, it seems or at least, you know, a lot of their technology was taken. Of course, there's no Kaminoans in use. It's, you know, Dr. Pershing and um, these other, uh, you know, humanoid, more humanoid scientists. Um, so maybe the technology was taken from the Kaminoans. I don't know. But it is interesting. And I do like the idea that um, you've got the cloners from Kamino. You've got uh, the midichlorians. You know, the level of M in the child's blood was insufficient. Uh, being brought back in, that's super interesting. I really like that. Uh, I kind of want to bring in uh, some stuff that George Lucas recently, um, there were excerpts of a book that's being released soon-ish, I guess. I heard it on Thor uh, Skywalker's uh, videos and also uh, Eckhart's Ladder. Um, but they were talking about excerpts from this book, different things that George Lucas said about midichlorians. Um, they are like mitochondria. They're in different people's blood or, you know, whatever. There's a relation there. Uh, and Lucas really wanted to explore that. So it almost feels like, uh, the understanding that Filoni, not Filoni, Favreau is working with here of midichlorians, and maybe it's informed by Filoni, who knows, uh, is very much in line with what Lucas was saying, that they're just, they're symbiotes with humans, or with all beings, all sentients, or uh, probably all beings, actually. So they're symbiotes with every being in the universe, and they, uh, you know, use the midichlorians to communicate, and that's a base point, and like, what I'm gathering from the inclusion of the test tube people, which, uh, the concept art for them looks, it's super vague. Uh, it's basically just silhouettes that are slightly shaded, but there's no real, the features are very obscured. Well, I went back and I looked at the video or I rewatched that section of the episode. And if you look really closely, it looks like, I think one of them is like, it looks half like a skeletal in McDiarmid, which you could say kind of looks like a Snoke. And the other half of it is like blown up. Like the body's just like inflated and, um, it's got edema or, um, 
swelling. It's got like a ton of swelling and stuff and it's really gross. Um, but I could see maybe Snoke kind of looks like a skeletal deformed Ian McDiarmid who's, you know, Palpatine of course. Um, I could see that. So, but that's not necessarily where they're going. It's just, it could be. Um, but I like how they're approaching that place. Um, by one, keeping it vague by two, um, just dropping little hints and we can see where it goes from there. Uh, but I don't know. I think it's super interesting. I think it's, you know, pretty clear that you know, if this is five years or so after Return of the Jedi, it would make sense that it's the Emperor and that if his body is like alive somewhere or his spirit is trapped somewhere and it's waiting to come into the mortal realm, uh, or whatever, uh, that it very well could be directing and influencing people to do this, uh, to do this stuff, this experimentation, to bring up this, uh, you know, use this, you know, Sith dark magic stuff to, or dark science or whatever the heck that was they said in episode nine, um, you know, to create a vessel for his body to fill. Um, I think it's neat that they're approaching it this way. Um, I like that Din and, and the story of the Mandalorian just like touches on the edge of it. And I hope that like they kill Moff Gideon and this, you know, goes off somewhere else deeper into space, into the, you know, wherever the first order was hiding or whatever. Uh, I'd be very pleased with that. Um, or they don't have to just, they don't have to kill him. They just have to get the child safe. Well, they, they'd probably have to kill Gideon to keep the child safe. Um, I don't know for sure, but whatever. I'm interested in where this is going. It feels, uh, it feels very cool, very interesting. And like I said, I don't want it to eclipse uh, the rest of the show. Um, and for this to just become like a pre, uh, you know, sequel trilogy thing. But there was uh, a lot of scuttlebutt about The Mandalorian originally that it was going to be about sort of the uh, rising up of the First Order or the you know, kind of the building blocks of the First Order. And I mean, Snoke supposedly raised the First Order. So if this show deals with the creation of Snoke, then th that would make sense. Uh, and I was going to complain about his age. We don't know how old he is. Um, in the Kylo Ren comic, he's said to be like hundreds of years old, though. Uh, but then again, they did artificially change the aging of uh, Jango Fett's clones to put them in the clone army. So, you know, it's possible that that accelerated. Um, and another thing, the tanks of these gross clones uh, who had died or whatever uh, remind me of the Snokes in the jars in uh, Episode Nine. So that's kind of neat. Uh, one last thing, uh, Dr. Pershing was talking about the child's blood. He didn't get a big enough sample because he didn't want to kill the child. Uh, and of course you wouldn't because it's this constant, you know, if your blood circulates and you get new blood all the time, uh, because that's the way the circulatory system works, then I guess they would, people who have the force who have a certain amount of, or people, midichlorians in the Star Wars universe would probably be generated again and again and again by the same being. So over a long enough time, you could just keep pulling blood from the same being and they would keep producing the midichlorians in their blood, and then you could artificially harvest them and concentrate. Oh, that's interesting. It's an interesting idea. If they'd had the child for long enough, they could have just kept pulling more and more and more blood from them over time, and I would imagine that it wouldn't decrease the amount of midichlorians, although the force in the midichlorians could uh, work against the person doing that, harvesting the blood, and cause it to stop, but I don't know that it actually does that. I don't know if that's how the force works. Anyway, that's super interesting to me. Uh, I had, like, a whole point I was going to go off on, but I don't remember it now because I got so distracted by that point. I'm interested to see where this goes. I think it's cool. I think it's exciting. I think it's an interesting uh, tangent or, or um, you know, way to examine this. And, uh, gosh, I'm really excited for those Death Troopers in the next episode. I really hope there's something special because um, they were there and then they weren't in Episode 8. I don't really know what happened. Stormtroopers were waiting for them at the Lava Cave um, or when they came to the Lava Flats uh, at the end of 8, even though they were pinned down by Death Troopers and Stormtroopers in Episode 7. So... Or chapter seven. So, 
Anyway, I'm going to end it there. Uh, I really like this. If you like uh, what I have to say here about this, you can check out the rest of my Mandalorian and other Star Wars uh, content coverage analysis over on mjmunoz.com slash fo for fully operational because this is my fully operational Star Wars analysis after all. And you can also just check out mjmunoz.com for other podcasts. I have other analyses I have. I like to call them. I like to be pretentious and not pretend I'm, I mean, pretend I'm not a podcaster. Anyway, um, and uh, you can check out some of my artwork, some of my stories. I've got poetry. I've got lots of stuff over on, on mjmunoz.com. And I would appreciate you uh, checking it out, uh, liking, sharing, uh, all that good stuff too you know, help me. Actually, you know what? I have a spiel. I have a spiel that I wrote down and I'm going to read it to you because I wrote it. Um, actually it was at the beginning of the episode. No, it wasn't. It was supposed to be. Anyway, here it is. Uh, if you've stuck around after all this, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and check out mjmunoz.com slash fo and you'll find this episode. You can find, uh, notes on it. You can find lots of screen grabs, uh, of the, um, of the concept art before they're officially released on starwars.com. Uh, you can find links to other stuff to subscribe and whatnot. Um, so don't forget to do that. And you can also like, share, and comment to help me grow. I'd really appreciate that. And until next time, folks, take care.